<laughs> hey, thanks and welcome to We're Not Testing It This Time, Die Hard on All Podcast right. number four. I'm Tim and this is Trevor. And this is the first thing I want to bring up before we actually get into the movies. Is... <laughs> did, did you say it was number four? <laughs> no, 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 number 48. Number 48. I was actually... Yeah, Real nice. Real nice, Trevor. I finally get the number right after 48 episodes, and you say that I say number four. <laughs> you, you, you said welcome to number four. Number four. Right. Damn it. I All thought right. I got it right. But, okay. So next episode, I'm getting it right. Next episode is going to okay. be episode 49. I'm going to get that right. Uh, but anyway, mm. uh, first and foremost, I've known Trevor here for... I think I met you in 1985, so that makes it, what, 33 years. I've known him, for, and you've never had a nickname. Have you ever had a nickname? Um, I, I, I get one from my, like, my mom, and, like, other people, like, give me one. Right. Like, random people. Right. I've never had, like, one with, like, among friends, I've never had one. Yeah, like, I was going to call you Trev Dog when I started the thing. I was going to be like, yeah, <laughs> Trev Dog, and I was like, man, that don't work at all. That's no good. And then I was like, I've got that one before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's neither here nor there. Um, today we're talking about uh, all some of heavy as fuck movies. <laughs> yeah, some seriously uh, intense kind of movies, and you know it's yeah. and this is a terrible thing because I'll tell the audience right now I've had a few beers and <laughs> I intentionally watched talk radio uh, completely sober because back in the '90s when me and you used to. Um, live on maryland avenue in cumberland we probably mm. watched this movie 10 times right <clears throat> yeah but i was completely shit-faced for every single time of it and i always thought it was a really trippy movie um i'll tell you what though i'll give you one bet i'll do you one better i remember bringing it over one night and at bell or, street yeah at bell street and mm -hmm. like you know mr happy man comes over and he's like hey I have some LSD. Would you like to try some? Yes. And we all tripped out, and, and we had we watched talk radio then too. And that's why I think <laughs> that's why I think that uh, it's a trippy movie is because the, I think the first time I ever watched it, I was on LSD. Yeah, um, which, is, which which I feel like on, on hindsight is probably not the best idea. I feel like <laughs> I remember loving the movie back then. I remember thinking, "Wow, this is really intense." But of course, I remember probably at that point everything was really intense. <laughs> Well, that and like, like if if I if I did that now, it would be a totally different like. Oh my! Like I think I would like yeah. just like jump out of a window for sure. I'd probably lose it. Yeah, no, there's no way I could do LSD now. It lasts way too long. You know, yeah. it's it's eight and a half hours where you're like everything is completely fucking whacked. Um, but yeah, it's weird because I I've always associated that with like whenever I started it, I was like I'm not going to do any drugs because I know mm. the last time I watched it, I thought this movie was super trippy. <clears throat> but it's yeah, because yeah. I was actually on LSD, which would make pretty much any movie super trippy. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. it, and it wasn't quite as trippy, although the Kent character still tripped me out a little bit because he looks like he's freaking Steven Ty like 55 year old Steven Tyler. Yeah, you know, Kent so good. Kent so fucking good. I don't know. like that guy. Kent that Kent is, Kent is great. So, well, so fucking good. What was the guy who's who you wanted me to watch the intro to that you posted on the Facebook page? The uh, the English dude. Yeah, it's Alex Cox who directed Sid and Nancy and uh, Depot he, Man. He 
mentioned Sid and Nancy. That is Alex Cox. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. That's, why, that's why I was like, yeah. But, you know, oh, he made a very extremely astute observation <laughs> in it when he was talking about Kent. And he said, Oliver Stone is always at his best when he's doing characters that he hates. And I was I like, don't, I, yeah. Well, that's the thing I, I kind of disagree with. I don't think he hates Kent. I don't. Right. Like when I'm like watching it, like I know Kent is a like a dick, but like he still has like he's a, like he's like like still intelligent character. He's still like sure. an intelligent character. And he's almost like I mean, obviously it's like it's like when Barry first got on the show, he was a smart guy too. It's like it's a different yeah, it's a whole well, new new ball game. And especially when you think of like kind of the Kent character in reference to 1988. Because yeah. half of America's youth, if not more than half of America's youth, was running around like that, like some stoner metalhead kid, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's uh, now that you mentioned that, that Alex uh, was the guy who directed the Sid and Nancy. That really that kind of clicks a lot of stuff too. Um, and I yeah, he's I, he's a real he's he's a real fucking like smart dude with like when it comes to films and right. there's a bunch of those. He he did a he did like a series of those where he introduced these movies. Yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of them on YouTube. You should check out for like random movies. And like he's like, like it's one of those things where it's like he didn't he doesn't seem to like this movie. Right. He still finds it really interesting, which I find like a really nice way to tackle it. Yeah, and when he was really he's, fair he, on talk radio, I'll, I'll give him that. Now, the one thing I really kind of disagreed with him was that mm. he kind of called it out as like liberal propaganda and said like he even mentions John Milius, who famously, yeah, you know, famously yeah. claims he was blackballed for um, making right wing propaganda films. And um, okay, now here's the thing. Uh, there's plenty mm. of Oliver Stone films that I will agree with him as a subtle liberal propaganda, but mm. like with this one, I can't see that it's super liberal propaganda just for the fact that it's based on an actual dude who was killed by actual American freaking Nazis, you know? Um, and like, yeah, and, and based on a play as well that Eric Bergogian did. So like all of the thoughts, I mean, I, I'm sure Oliver Stone had lots of input, right? But it's it's, it's more like an Eric Bogosian like one man play type thing film. Sure. Um, well, so, and this yeah. goes to this goes to Border on the Fourth of July. Like I mm. could see, I could see if somebody tried to make the argument that Border on the Fourth of July was really hardcore liberal propaganda. I could see mm, that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and. It, well, and he he mentions it in the thing is that Oliver Stone is one of the few really famous Hollywood directors who actually served in Vietnam, you know. Um, yeah, when you think about it, I can't think of anybody making movies in the, like the last ten years, twenty years that has been to war and come back yeah. and made movies. Right. Like he, I think he's like the last one. Right. So it gives him like a may, really like unique you know, perspective. And now in the next five to ten years, we may see. We may see yeah. someone like that because of um, like uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, you know, and we're actually seeing a lot of good art coming back from um, Iraq and Afghanistan veterans like um, Sturgill Simpson, who I know you're a fan of, is, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. is an, an Iraq veteran. Um, but you're right. Like, it's not like with Oliver Stone or anybody who actually went and did it and then came back and sort of did something about it or did That's movies funny. about it. Well, I was watching Born. I watched. I've seen Born on the Fourth of July so much that I just bought the Blu-ray of it. But there's commentary on it, so I just went ahead and watched it with commentary. Right. 
And his commentary is his his commentary is so good. Like you gotta check it out. Nice. But he talks about he like he almost he but he almost talks about like the Kira Sedgwick character, right? And how much she doesn't connect with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And like he does it in such a way like it's he, he tells that line where she's he's like well she doesn't know what he's been through and that's what veterans have felt. Sure. It's like oh you you think you've felt suffering. I've seen suffering. I've felt it. Right. And he was almost like a little bit so like, I mean, they were doing a good job, the good deed and like they had good intentions, but like, there's a little bit of like, they haven't seen shit. They've been, they're really privileged <laughs> type, sure. type of situation, which was right. like, you know what? He's right. And like, when you watch movies today, when they have like, like somebody makes a war movie, I think it's one of those things. That was like, have they seen war before? Right. Have they actually I think seen that, the horrors? I think that's a, that's a, that's a thing you should probably think about because he's seen it and like, I mean, he talks about that and like he's like, yeah, when you talk to veterans, they they will tell you that it's bullshit, right? More than more than people who haven't been there will tell you that it's bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like the people who've been there who will set you straight and tell you how how fucking bullshit Vietnam was. Yeah, type well, of thing. even though like you're you're still serving your country, you still want to do a good thing. It was still bullshit. So there's like there's a weird like line that he he talks about a lot in the commentary, and it's like it's super interesting to listen to him talk. It's like I don't know. He's just like at that time he was like on top of his game for sure. Right, like now right. I'm like he's kind of he's kind of a crazy person now, but like born for the July talk radio. What, he what's like he done? What's game. he done recently? He did Snowden. Oh really? Okay, that I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see I'm it? In- yeah, I did. I did. The, the last thing oh, I was could it? think of it, I you know, it was all right. It was okay, you know. And I'm a I'm a huge Edward Snowden fan, and it was definitely <laughs> yeah. sympathetic to Edward Snowden, like um because you know despite Edward Snowden's politics, he's somebody who basically mm. gave up his whole entire career and livelihood and and pretty much freedom, um mm. just to tell you. Did you see the, you see the doc. Yes, him? yes, the one that, uh, that he th- actually made with Glenn Greenwald whenever they were when he was actually disclosing the leaks. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that invited, was real. Oh, that was real good. That was, really, that was good. really good. Um, yeah, no, and that's a funny, a fun story. Is I watched that with a coworker of mine, is this old man Vietnam vet. Um, mm. to be honest, probably killed a bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. like just just from like talking to him, like the way he like. I don't know, like carried himself. And when you talk to him about Vietnam and stuff, he was definitely a badass. but, uh, he's a big history buff. So I was Mm -hmm. always bringing in, um, documentaries about things that were really historically accurate. Um, like we watched Snowden, uh, we watched Mm -hmm. the the documentary that followed Mitt Romney around on the trail. And that's an amazing documentary. If you want to see one, I haven't seen that one now. Um, and just stuff like that. Like he really liked it whenever I could show him mm. something where I was like, look, here's when, you know, when Edward Snowden made those leaks, he actually invited a woman who was a, a documentary filmmaker and had her like document the whole <laughs> process. Um, and the same way with Mitt Romney is they, whenever he ran in um, t- 2008 and also when he ran in 2012 he had a documentary film crew with him and it makes for a really good documentary like his kids are awesome 
because they're trying <laughs> they're trying to be politicians and be like oh. no this doesn't suck my dad's should be president <laughs> and then they're kind of just like okay look dude this fucking sucks i mean no my dad should totally be president <laughs> yeah like he's it's, totally it's, normal <laughs> it's fantastic it's really good documentary um but we're getting off topic and I really yes. want to talk about talk radio because it's actually one of my favorite films, probably because of that time on Bell Street when I was like, wow, this is really deep, you know. And um, whenever we decided we were going to watch it this week, I did like some research on the actual person, Alan Berg. And it's so okay. crazy because he was actually killed by a white nationalist sect called The Order, which in the okay. movie, if you like, if you actually they talk about, yeah. Yeah. And if you look at all of the. Uh, the letters, you know, like how he's getting all these threatening letters. Every time mm -hmm. they show one where you can read some, it's always signed by the order, you know. Yeah. Uh, and fun story about it is that the people who actually shot Allenberg, the two guys were um, never convicted of homicide, but they were convicted of civil rights violations. Um, basically, they were killing him, like they were convicted of killing him because he was Jewish. They weren't actually convicted of killing him. They were like basically convicted of killing him for hate crimes, and they both got two hundred years, and they're both dead now. <laughs> yeah, they're both dead wow. now, so that's good. Yeah, like the guy who shoots—it's funny, like like the Alex Coxing talks about the guy who shoots him in the movie was the last person to see Sid and Nancy alive, like in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a kind of interesting <laughs> like, like, little like, thing. Like, yeah, to bit. Rockets Red Glare is his name. <laughs> and, you know, another thing. Whenever he, was, whenever he was going, Alex, whenever Alex Cox was going off about how, you know, that this was some sort of liberal propaganda film, I was like, you know what? I would say that Natural Born Killers comes off as a right wing propaganda flick because, okay. like, Natural Born Killers is all about how. You know, the freaking immorality in society has corrupted people's brains to the point that they're going to, like, kill people, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think at that point, I mean, Oliver Stone, he, in the Born on the Fourth of July commentary, like, he kind of toes the line. Like, he sees, like, all sides. And, like, it's, yeah. inter it's interesting to listen to him. Because he talks about, to bring it back to Born on the Fourth of July, like, how, like, it's... Like it's 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 the beginning is so he says it corny for a reason. Yeah, yeah, and I got that Cause immediately because he 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 kept talking about the good kind of corn, and he was right. like even admitting it. He's like, look, it's like it's so idealized because that's how I grew up. Sure, it's how Ron Kovic grew up, mm -hmm. and it's like and the, and this war is gonna fucking like like punch us in the face. Like right. we this is what we think of. He's like, yeah, it's like. I think about like you know kissing the the girl while the fireworks are going off, hitting the home run. Yeah, yeah, and it was like American apple pie, totally. Like it yeah, it was like out of a little league game. And like, oh, <laughs> that's my boy, you know. And all that is just like it's just like to set up like the fact, almost like subjective, like that. That's what in Ron Kovic's mind, that's what he was living. That's what he was like fighting for, almost yeah. like that type of. Yeah, that type of and, thing. And he was doing it because that was the cool thing for him to do. <laughs> yeah, my drunk ass roommate just showed up. Yeah. Hey, you want to say something about Born on the Fourth of July for Born on the Fourth of July? I've seen Born on the Fourth of July in ages. You're gonna oh, have to. So good. <laughs> you have to give me an update on this Born on the Fourth of July because it's probably been you know ten, fifteen years since I've seen it. I mean, Tom Cruise in a wheelchair. 
Oscar-winning performance that he didn't win, but he should have. I mean, uh, good uh, stuff. Oh, so good. I've seen <laughs> I've seen it before, but I need a refresher. It's been a while. It's one of those movies where it's like it's kind of a. If you think about it, it's kind of a cheesy movie, but I am like wholeheartedly like I think it's his best movie for sure. Like just watch be watching it. So fucking good. Like so solid. He's top of his game. Oliver Stone is just like every image is beautiful. John Williams score is just like on top notch. See, but it's crazy. I, I, I was more along the lines of Tom Cruise and uh I liked him in uh the new one he did. Is it called is I think it's called Made of America? Made in America? Oh, American Made? American yeah. Made, yes. You know, but yeah. I do I do remember Fourth of July and I do think it's a excellent movie and everything. <laughs> it's just I you know it, you know, when you're dealing with movies, you yeah. if you don't watch it for fifteen years, you can't get the details and the pieces out of it that you really need. Mm, sure, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Tom Cruise though, Tom Cruise though, his Mission Impossible series. One of the best fucking series is ever. Well, the, like kind of, the Mission Impossible movies are so fucking good. <laughs> well, Insane. Well, yeah, Mission Impossible is Mission Impossible is a really good series, and they couldn't yeah. have picked a better actor to play them parts. You know. He's fucking killing it. Oh, yeah, like Jack Reacher. Oh, Tom Cruise is one of the greatest actors of our generation. Oh yeah, Jack Reacher was like I didn't see the second one, but the first one was really fucking good too. Oh yeah. You know, when he gets that call in the freaking uh, diner, that yeah. that really um, was, like, really hardcore. Remind me of, like, a Samuel L. Jackson play, you know? And, like, uh, what's that one movie, Tim? Um, uh, with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Bruce Willis and... Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yes. <laughs> it's not like a Pulp Fiction movie. <laughs> you know? But I ain't no I ain't no movie critic, so yeah. yeah I got to <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you, man. <laughs> All right, cool. So anyway, we'll jump in here. I want to bring up something about Pulp Fiction. One time, Trevor and I were going to see Pulp Fiction, and he had both of his taillights out, and the cops pulled him over. And he got freaked out and went home. So we went to see Pulp Fiction. And we we're like, "What happened to Trevor?" You you missed the part where we were. Where I was on ecstasy driving oh, yeah. up to. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I left that part out. I left that part out because the propriety and all. But yeah, Trevor was on ecstasy. He was rolling on ecstasy, and he went to go see Pulp Fiction, and got yeah. pulled over. And the, the cops let you go, right? They did let you go. Yeah, because I had uh, Jeff Brown in the car, and then his 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 friend Pam. AKA spam yep. in the car. So we were like driving up. But yeah. So like, she like was like, Oh, right I think we were like all covered. Like she was drinking or whatever. So I was driving her. Um, yeah. Some shit. Yes. You were driving. <laughs> didn't have headlights. Like we were like, at we had no headlights yeah. or not headlights, taillights, but still it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. We, um, we, that was lucky. So we, like, we, we was like, okay, just get her home right now. So we just basically had to like do like a UE basically. Yeah. On the highway and get the fuck home. <laughs> like Definitely. And that was before cell phones. So like, it's just one of those things was like, what the fuck happened? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I was thinking, I would like to talk about another, uh, Oliver Stone film that I really liked, which was W. I thought that okay. was amazing. And whenever Alex Cox said, you know, he, Oliver Stone is at his best when, he does a character he hates. I immediately mm. thought of W, 
And <laughs> I remember like yeah. when it was supposed to come out, it was supposed to be like this like hardcore thing and, and it was going to be a, this big slam on the Bush administration. But like I came away kind of liking the character from W. Like I was like, yeah, he's not so bad. He's just trying to like be president because everybody wants him to be president, you know? Yeah, it's 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 been forever since I've, I saw it in the theater and that's like last time I saw it. And Same yeah, here. I remember, it was like, I was like, all right, yeah, Josh Brolin, obviously, fucking killing it as George W. Sure. Yeah, and it's like, who was who was uh who was his wife? Because she was really good. Yeah, who was that? I remember that was. I, I don't know. Some. I mean, Laura Bush has always been like 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 a better person than George W. Yeah, way more class. <laughs> yeah, definitely way more class than George does. You know, like she's the one that's like, okay, George, it's time to go home now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, and freaking, I like, I don't know. It's something really rubbed me the wrong way about him calling out uh, the talk radio for being liberal propaganda. And I'm not by any stretch like a liberal, but I was just kind of like, well, you know, there's a lot more stuff I could point to. Like, okay, um, The Purge. Have you ever seen any of The Purge movies? Yeah, I've had to work on a few of them. Okay, so you've had to work on a few of the Purge movies. Like, like I can totally call that out for being, like, liberal propaganda. You know, like, this fascist right-wing government convinces everybody to kill themselves for one day. You know, like, okay, sure, I can fucking buy that, you know? But, like, with... With, with, with like, a fucking... It, it, well, that's... Like, the Purge movies are, like liberalism with like a fucking sledgehammer yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. like it's like no subtlety whatsoever i think right. the, the new poster has like a like a maga hat where it just says the first purge on it instead which is like wow <laughs> they're, not, they're not hiding it yeah yeah like you know like i can absolutely look at those movies and be like yes that is definitely liberal propaganda <laughs> yes. um, whereas like this movie i'm like this was a real guy who and like I read the whole story about him and the like the mm. order the 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 people who killed him they mm. actually were gonna kill a bunch of prominent Jewish people in the Denver area because it happened in Denver Colorado and mm. you know he was just the first one because he was making fun of them constantly on the air like actually calling out this this sect the order and being like mm. you guys are a bunch of assholes whatever and they were they obviously were. Uh, <laughs> So it's like it's hard for me to say like okay this is just this is just out there to move some agenda. It's more like this is something that actually happened to a person. You know, this is somebody who was really put himself out there and died for it, um, versus having some sort of hidden agenda like the uh, Alex Cox called out. I mean, I guess he's like he's definitely had a bias. Like I was like, wow, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, that's that's the cool thing with Alex Cox. Like sometimes I'm always like I don't agree with him, but he is so he's intelligent in his arguments and he was like, that's cool. I disagree with that. But like, it's interesting that he's saying that Yeah, and I'm not from, gonna... from like a, from like a English point of view, basically like from a, like a foreigners. Right. I, I mean, okay. Like point of view, like it's interesting to hear him say that. And he's very, he's very much like, he's yeah. very much an anarchist almost. Sure. And, 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 and lots of things that he says and does and what he likes and stuff. But like, yeah. he's still, and I mean, he's still just like watch this movie, even though it's, kind of crazy and i don't agree with a lot of it right. he's like he, he's like he's like you should still watch this movie sure which i i like a lot and and there's a ton of guys whose politics <clears throat> i don't agree with at all that i can love their movies like for yeah. example john milius 
Um, <laughs> you know, his yes. he the man is a freaking genius. And like, okay, sure, his politics are whacked the fuck out. Like, I'm I'm not a big fan of John Milius's politics, but his movies are in any like any movie that he wrote the screenplay for is amazing. You know. Did we? Do, I think we talked about it before, but you've seen the doc about him, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure I have. I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast too, because I love the documentary about it. And I mean, it's so good. It's so good. But then, like, it, it kind of like, explains like why he's not doing anything anymore. And it's like he had like a really severe heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like, and like you feel kind of like bad for him too, because you're like, oh man. I like, know. <laughs> well, and I would love to see a movie where John Melius wrote the screenplay about Genghis Khan. Like, I know that would kick so much <laughs> ass. Like, there's no way that couldn't just completely kick ass. Oh, and on the other side of things, did you read that Terry Gilliam lost the rights to Don Quixote? <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Poor bastard. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, he's Terry Gilliam. He'll make a good movie about Don Quixote. Calm down, you know? I don't know, man. Like, when was the last time Terry Gunning made a good movie? Like, to be honest, uh, I don't know. It's been a while. Twelve Monkeys. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, like, Twelve mm-hmm. Monkeys, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think Fear and Loathing was after that. So, I mean, I feel like Fear, Fear and Loathing is fantastic. One. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the last one, man. And that was nineteen ninety-eight or so. So twenty years ago. I was like his. That was like his heyday. But, but like, then, to be then. fair, the guy's been trying to make fucking Don Quixote since then. You know. <laughs> I mean, the documentary about making Don Quixote was great. Yes, that was good. That, but... Definitely was good. <laughs> like, I think, I think again, I think he turned out to be like a, a real creeper. So sure, so. sure. Okay, and I haven't asked. What do you feel? How do you feel about Kevin Spacey and this whole thing in Hollywood? Like, okay, Harvey Weinstein, absolute fucking yep. creeper. Like, he should be yeah. run out on a rail and hung up. Like, I've got no qualms with that. Um, yeah. Kevin Spacey, like I, I, I kind of want to defend him. Like, I mean, if <laughs> if he just uh, if he just got drunk and dry humped some kid in the eighties, if that's all he did, then I'm cool with it. Like, I'm not really. Cool with <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying I mean, to. He's, s- go ahead. He did more than he did more than that. Okay, for sure. Yeah, like there was there was multiple accusations against him. So I mean, he's. I mean, sadly, he's a giant piece of shit. Right, like, right. I, I I don't deny that you know his like his roles have been good, but like at this point, he's it's like okay, actor. you can you yeah. can go away now. It's it's fine. We're yeah. we're, we're, we're okay we can, with we'll that. We'll live too. without that. Yeah. And see, I I don't know. I mean, if there's more than just that, like all I read about was that somebody made allegations that he like <clears> kind of <throat> was like a little forceful with somebody. And I mean, I don't think that's cool. I'm not trying to say that's cool. I'm just saying everybody's gotten drunk and hit on the wrong person at one point in time in their life, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the, when the first one came out, I was like, okay, that's that's rough. Right. I mean, isn't that rough? I was like, okay, that's a little uncomfortable. But then, yeah. what was it? I think Richard Dreyfuss's son came out. Really? When See, they were I didn't on, know that. They were working on a play together, and I think Richard Dreyfuss and him were working on a play together, and, like, his son was around a lot, I think he was like you know, like all um I think, weird. I think he was in the teenager years yeah. area, and he just became a little like. I think he he. I, I'm not sure what he exactly he did, but he got. I think he got super inappropriate with him, and 
had not. I don't think he ever said anything until now. And Richard Drake was like, "Oh no," type of thing. Yeah, so. and that's pretty rough. Uh, and then that. So, 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 so that's that's like what's well, like. Well, okay, and you and you're right that, that <laughs> we don't. It's not like we need Kevin Spacey. You know, he's not like. I don't know. Like he Robin served his Williams, purpose. He's always going to be relevant. Yeah. He's. Yeah. It's, uh, I was like, when was the last good Kevin Spacey performance that you saw? I mean, I never saw House of Cards. I liked House of Cards. I, I did. He was very good in House be, of Cards. Before that, like, right. like when was the last performance that no, you like? Short Kevin of that, Spacey? it was yeah. like no, it was all in the '90s kind of stuff, like Usual Suspects or what was the movie he yeah. did with um, freaking Dennis Leary that was really good. Yeah, where Dennis, ref? What, what yeah. is it? The ref. Yeah, the ref. Yeah. Yeah, I watch it. I still watch it every Christmas, even nice. though it's like it's sometimes it's like uh, it's kind of uncomfortable, but it's hilarious. It is really <laughs> funny. Yeah, and him and Ke- or him and Dennis Leary were both awesome in it. Oh, I, I wanted to mention this too. I was telling mm-hmm. somebody I was at a party the other day, and I was talking about our podcast, and <laughs> I said they said, "Well, if you like a, like if you like a movie or you don't like a movie, if you don't like a movie, do you trash it really bad?" I was like, well, the really good movies we talk about for about a half hour, and then the really bad movies we talk about for like 10 minutes and then freaking change the subject and start meandering. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Which I don't really think is fair. I, I thought both both talk radio. I mean, talk radio is one of my favorite movies. I think it's a really, really intense movie that people should watch. Um, mm-hmm. And that it pushes the medium because it's one of those movies that actually makes you feel <laughs> uncomfortable while you're watching it. Mm. You know, the scene where he's talking to the rapist is freaking yeah. like one of the most intense movies moments I've seen, like one of the most intense scenes I've seen, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good scene, too, because it shows that he's I think it shows in his face, too, is like he's out of his element. At that yeah, point too. yeah. Like he's like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Like, right. I am not I am not this guy. I cannot talk this guy down. Right. And it was, it was, it's, it's a it's a kind of sad like a dark a dark right. button to it too where he's like he's like alec baldwin comes in who's the producer basically and he's like oh we couldn't trace the call he's like oh great i should have kept him on for another three hours right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but i mean like while it's happening and you also see where he really wants to help the guy and has no idea how to help the guy you know yeah he's like this guy has helped wants me to help him and i cannot help him like mm-hmm. at all like I'm out of my out of my league. Yeah, what do I do here? Um, but I want to, I want to go back to Born on the Fourth of July because we haven't talked about that much. Did you right. did you did you did you like that movie? Did you did you like yeah, it? Yeah, no, I thought it was good. What you think about I thought it? it was good. It's not one of my favorite Oliver Stone films though. Like I, okay. I really liked kind of the dichotomy of like I'm the perfect American boy <clears> who's had his innocence robbed and had had mm-hmm. to see like the real ugly side of war, um, and I I really liked that part of it. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time there wasn't quite enough entertainment for me, um, which is terrible to say, Mm. but it's sort of true (laughs) that I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I know you can't walk anymore. And like Mm. something interesting happened, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's almost like the epitome of a certain type of movie. I think it's like one of those things where it's like, if you want to see a movie about war yeah. and like what happens to war, like in like after the aftermath, this is like the, this, this tells you everything. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like a, like a, I don't know, like a cliff notes almost. Right. And a great, but scene. like the best, and like in the best possible sense of like, like 
if you want to see like a Vietnam War movie and like the the tolls it takes, you know, watch Platoon and then watch this, yeah. and, like your type of thing. I, I mean, a I love great, the movie. It's 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 a a, it's a hard scene. watch for yeah. sure. Like it's like after he like I think the Vietnam stuff is rough and like <laughs> afterwards it's it's all rough. But right. like I think it's just like it's just, like it's like for all of us know, it's like it's like top fucking at the top of his game. Sure. Like filmmaking wise, like look wise, acting wise. It's like, he's not, he's not a subtle filmmaker, filmmaker. And he talks about that too. Yeah. The commentary, like how he's been labeled as like a romantic, romanticizing, like romantic kind of thing. Right. And you can kind of see that too. Kind of like, I don't know. He's got, he's, he's not subtle at all. Right. But he also talks about like, it's funny. Cause like, we always talk about like, if you're going to go for it, just fucking go for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that, and he talks about that too. He's like, "Yeah, he's like that scene where he's like running down the street before he goes off to war, like, like through the rain to the prom, like, and the tune is Moon River." He's like, "Yeah," he's like, "He's like, I just went for it." He's like, "Yeah, it's right. it's right on." He's like, "It's right on the fucking nose," but he's like, "I just went for it." He's like, and "Sure." He's <laughs> like, and he's like, and, and it works. And I was like, "I think it does work." That type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do. So I, give him cre- I, I definitely think... give him credit for that. It's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, it might not be your type of movie, but like he made the movie he wanted. And I think it's, I think it looks fucking good. It's acted well. Absolutely. And it's just I not when you, cut, wait, it's not cut. when you pop in like Jay, like, like natural one kills. You just pop in kind of like, sure. Watch a few scenes. And I'm going to cut you off for two thing. seconds. You should rant okay. on Oliver Stone. In his movies for like at least a minute while I go pee really fast. <laughs> What kind of shirt are you wearing? Is that a big trouble in China? Yeah, that... right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to run for all, all you fucking pisses. All right, I mean Oliver Stone is like like not a subtle filmmaker. He's he's fucking didactic. He's fucking romantic. He's not subtle. He tells you what he wants, and he's not politically correct sometimes. But I mean, he's a fucking war vet. So I think that gives him kind of the license to make a movie like Born on the Fourth of July or Platoon, that type of stuff. So uh, I'll talk about his, his later work. His later work has been a little, a little shoddy at best. Last one I've seen was Savages, and that movie is not fucking good at all <laughs> either. Um, I mean, Benicio del Toro gives out gives an interesting performance. Sama Hayek gives an interesting performance, but it's just like the main characters. He's got the fucking what's that dude's name? Taylor Kitsch. He's terrible, and then the other dude was like the other main character. And then like fucking oh, what's her name? Oh, she's married to Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Blake Lively. She does like she's terrible, right? But she does voiceover even. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like, she's so terrible, let's make her do voiceover as well and make it even twice as terrible. It's kinda like in wrestling, right? Where it's like somebody's battling the mic, so they give them the mic every week for some odd reason. Kinda like Ronda Rousey. Like she's terrible on the mic, but they keep giving her the mic every week. And he's back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I had that. I, I, I was just tying Oliver Stone in the wrestling with you. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. Of course, Oliver Stone should do wrestling. He should do a movie about wrestlers. I bet that could really help his career. That'd be fantastic. I was talking about uh, I, last movie I'd seen of his basically was Savages. Right. And how it's not it's not a good movie, but they Blake Lively's in it, and she's terrible. Right. <laughs> but she but she's so they make her do voiceover as well. And I was just talking about how like in wrestling, it's always like, well, she's bad on the mic. So why don't we give her the mic every single week? Yeah. It's like, she did it you, one could time. Could you stop? <laughs> could you stop? Just please just do us a favor here. But instead they're like, you know what? I'm going to double down. Let's give him voiceover We're too. going even further, folks. All right. All right. Well, All right. We're, we're definitely at 30 some odd minutes, but I just oh, nice. uh, I just have got to tell the audience that I drank a bunch of beers and had to actually run out in the middle of the podcast. That's kind of unbelievable, <laughs> especially about talk radio, which is, you know, they can't do that. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they realize what they're just like bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> and that's fine. I think it's good. They deserve it. Um, I really kind of liked in talk radio about, and I guess that was actually a trait of the person who the play and screenplay is based on is that he would like punish the audience and he would just do really dumb stuff just to like, you'd be like, you know, none of you callers are any good. So I'm going to play this song 10 times, you know, (laughs) I thought that's kind of a fun idea. I mean, that's that's actually funny because they made, he made talk radio, then he made Born on the Fourth of July right after. Really? That's yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I guess you're right because they are both in the kind of same time period. Because uh, yeah, the comment down the commentary again. He was talking about like how making talk radio. He loved Dallas so much. So and recreating uh, like what was it, Massapequa? Yeah. He's like, let's do it. Let's do it in Dallas instead of New York. Right. Basically, because I love Dallas so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then he fucking made JFK, so like he spent like like all time three movies Texas. worth. Yeah, I, I love the scene. I love the scene in Born on Fourth of July where they're arguing over whether they not ha- or whether or not they'd killed any babies. Uh, Tom Cruise and John Malkovich's character. He's like, "You haven't killed any babies, man." He's like, "Nah, you haven't killed any babies." And I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. But that, that that's what, like that's he talks about that scene too, and like it's like how crazy it, it is. I was like, and that's one like the one of the best scenes too. I was, was like, so, what do you know about me? Maybe so I killed hundreds awesome. of babies. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I was like, now this is two <laughs> Vietnam vets really getting fucked up together right here. Uh, and Willem Dafoe. Now there's an actor who I can really get behind. That guy is just awesome in pretty much every. Uh, even the stupid movies, like the Madonna movie he was in. I was like, this Madonna oh, yeah. movie like sucks total ass, but Willem Dafoe is somehow awesome. <laughs> Yeah, he's one of those dudes that, like, 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 last couple of years, I've been like, wait a second, I love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. He's like, he's fucking, like, he'll do whatever the fuck he wants. And, and like, he, yeah, and the man's like, a genius. He can act in anything with his style. He's such a weird, he's kind of like an odd-looking dude, but it's like, also, really? it's like, he's a he doesn't really, seem to give a shit. Yeah, and how much credit do you have to be that you can have the freaking film pedigree that Willem Dafoe has and be that fucking weird-looking, you know? Like Bill Macy, Bill Macy is the only other guy I can think of that maybe does, that gets away with that. It's like, yeah, I'm really weird looking. I don't give a shit. Steve Buscemi, another one. Steve Buscemi, like, yeah, I'm weird looking, but I'm an awesome actor, so suck it. <laughs> There's a, I don't know if we talked about it before, but 
Abel Ferrara, one of our favorites. Yeah. He made a movie. I think we talked about him recently. He did a movie about uh, Pasolini, and Willem Dafoe plays Pasolini. Really? And Pasolini did did Salo and um, that type of. I forget what that else is, he did. That is he did. totally next week. What is the name of that movie? Because I have <laughs> to see it. I don't think I don't think it's available. I I, I cannot find it. So, uh. it's, it's like a, it's a, it's like it's been released overseas, but I cannot find it anywhere. All right, I'll look. I'll, I mean, if you, I mean, if you can find it, that would be great. Because yeah, it's called. It's basically. I think it's just called Pasolini. Pasolini. Okay, I'll look because that sounds freaking epic to me. That Abel Ferrar and William Defoe. You can't get much better than if Anna Cole Smith could come back to life. That's <laughs> the only way that we could bring that knee better. Every time oh, I yeah. see skyscraper, it's all over the commercials, and I'm like, "Damn you! No! Damn you, The Rock! How can you?" I mean, like, if it was a remake, like, I'd be cool with it. Like, if if The Rock comes on and his name is One Rocket Charlie, it'll be okay. But other <laughs> than that, I'm gonna be super pissed. <laughs> it'll be called. It'll be like like One Rock Charlie. <laughs> like, yeah, One the yeah, Rock Charlie. <laughs> And he'll look at, and he'll somehow look at the camera that time, like wink, like like raise his eyebrow, like. Mm. Uh-huh-huh. No way. Dwayne would, Johnson's would... tits are nowhere near as cool as Anna McCall's. I'm just saying. They might be as big, but they're not as cool. They're not as cool. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> Killing that five listeners. Make us some T-shirts. Yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah next week we're gonna do pasolini if we can find it like, <laughs> legally somewhere or if not we'll come up with something else and um it's fourth of july here so happy fourth of july i know you got like another hour or something but two hours yeah and um yeah i'm thinking about it. We, we 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 might want to do skyscraper it comes out in two weeks okay so we got that. To look, we got that to look forward to if you want to do that. Yeah, we could do but, that. You worked on that, right? I've seen a few reels of it okay. working the way the, where I work. Yeah, I saw a few reels and. Okay. Cool. Oh, also, also, I started. I'll, I'll, I'll make a link. I actually started a Spotify list because we always nice. talk about music a lot too. Yeah, we do. So I, I so I made a diehard on a diehard on a playlist. Nice. podcast and I'll, I'll put it in the facebook page and stuff like that cool. it's got mostly it's mostly like soundtrack stuff for now but like i've also got some jesus and mary chain nice. and some monkeys because i know we've talked about that type yeah, of stuff and like it's, the monkeys. it's basically just a bunch of like soundtracks from the movies oh, we've talked shit. about speaking and, of what did you see the guy from the black keys died oh yeah the keyboardist yeah yeah that sucks man i love the black keys i'm not sure if you're a fan but they were really yeah good. yeah yeah I saw them. I saw them probably 2002 or so. Oh, nice. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a good show. Like I, maybe 100 people there or something. Yeah, their the, the newer stuff I'm not quite sure about. But right. They put like an album a year and it's been like 10 years. Yeah. So it's like their first like eight albums are pretty well, good. Well, the first time I heard them, I actually thought of you because they really reminded me a lot of John Lee Hooker. Like there was a lot of John Lee Hooker influence. And I was yeah. like, ah, oh, shit, man. I got to tell Trevor about these guys because they sound like John Lee Hooker, you know? Yeah, because they, they were covering basically a bunch of like blues covers. Sure. Yeah. Like all that old school Mississippi Delta stuff, right? Yeah. Hmm. 
So, cool. All right. Well, tune in next week when I tell you about the time that me and Trevor got like really disgustingly drunk on whiskey and listened to John Lee Hooker. It was awesome. (laughs) One time. (laughs) Yeah, just that one time. (laughs) All right. Yeah, leave comments. Or something. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <laughs>